0: in the game of basketball. Stars are made, but how do they get to that point? How has the game changed them, and what are they doing today? Welcome to Rebound Radio with your host, Matt Fish of Rebound Magazine. Each week, Matt goes one-on-one with some of the legends of basketball, finds out their inside story, and uncovers stories you've got to hear to believe. Now, here's Matt Fish and Alex Clancy. Matt Fish Uh, Alex Clancy. Clancy.
1: Hi, everybody. Alex Clancy, Matt Fish in studio. It's Rebound Radio on Voice America Radio. 888 346 9144. Call us. Say hi. We have a lot of good stuff going on today. Uh, For those of you who don't know, Matt Fish uh, is the Phoenix chapter president for the National Basketball Retired Players Association. Uh, He's been doing that for seven years. Yep. So uh, that was a total shot in the dark, by the way. It was ballpark.
2: It was ballpark. Yeah.
1: I knew it was under a decade, but over. You know how long I've been doing it, so that's good. Uh, we have a great guest on today, Cream Rush, yep. the former University of Missouri Tiger product. Uh, played for six or seven teams in the NBA. He's doing a lot of different stuff now. So we have him on, uh, I think, at 10 after the hour. So uh, we'll look forward to that. Uh, in the last week, what we do is, uh, for the first part of the show, I just hand it over to Matt, and he tells me everything that's going on with the National Basketball Retired Players Association. <laughs> Yeah. Association in you that time it. is now. <laughs> sometimes
2: it's harder to say association. Uh, that whole thing, NBRPA. And sometimes that's hard to say. But yeah, 25th year anniversary is this year for the NBRPA. Uh, it was founded in 1992 by Dave DeBuscher, Dave Bing, Archie Clark, Dave Cowens, and Oscar Robertson. So they got together and said, hey, man, we should just get a group together just for fraternizing. But it ended up being this great big multi-million dollar company because there was a need. Athletes enjoyed not only fraternizing, but also had a lot of difficulties transitioning, you know, from playing days until life after, with financial literacy, mm-hmm. with lack of uh, educating themselves while they were in the uh, at the universities, you know, uh, going out there making some uh, mistakes along the way, you know, some Always of them have, yeah. Important. And so uh, these guys uh, do need some assistance, uh, and they are, are offered that through the NBRPA, and uh, and I'll give you a variety. I'll give you one that's a real good one right now because of. Uh, Moses Malone and Daryl Dawkins having heart attacks. They have this heart screening that's going on, and it's traveling uh, around the United States. And most recently, was in New York City, and uh, they bring you in and they do a variety of different checkups for us to make sure that uh, our tickers are still ticking. And it's actually done a, a very good because they've caught some people with issues. Uh, the players who attend the screenings receive a medical history evaluation checking for the heart disease risk factors. They also have a full echocardiogram checking for problems with the heart muscles. Uh, a cartid ultrasound checking for the thickness of the cartid and the blood pressure and, and they check that. And the resting 12 lead EKG is also what they check. So they do a full once over. And they consult with you, and then they talk to your own uh, physician, and they make sure that uh, you're doing the right things so she so can live a long, healthy life. I am vying hard to get it here in Phoenix, Arizona. I spoke with Rogowski. Uh, the other day, he is the head guy for the Players Association, and they're looking to fund that, and he's looking for that funding right now. So he says he's trying to scrounge the money up. So he can come out here in Phoenix, and we can make sure that our tickers are ticking correctly in the Valley of the Sun. Yeah, free of
1: charge. Um, yep. Just perks of being a former NBA athlete. Um, that's one of many. I mean, this is the one that's the hot topic now. For those of you that haven't listened to the show over the past several months, um, seems like every two weeks or so, the NBRPA is doing something to benefit their former athletes and their members, uh, hoping to grow the membership to kind of get it um, a little bit bigger. Every year it grows, uh, I, mean, I wouldn't say exponentially, but it's getting there. Well, it's getting there. You know, yeah. it's, it's snowball, it's a snowball going down a hill right now and... Uh, starting to pick up a lot of traction every year, and it's the 25th year anniversary. Uh, go to voiceamerica.tv, check out some video content that Matt and I put up there. Uh, CEO of Voice America, Jeff Spinard did a couple of things too out at Wigwam for yep. Jerry Colangelo's event a few months back. Um Got a lot of great content on there to bring awareness to the W to the NBRPA and mm-hmm. and uh, Rebound Magazine is a publication that Matt puts out quarterly. That should be coming out soon, right? Yeah,
2: right now I'm putting together the All-Star is the issue. All-Star game. That's right. Yep, yep. For the New Orleans, so I'm really wanting to make sure that I'm giving a chapter update. I'm giving an update of the NBRPA, uh, bringing some opportunities to the players, uh, investment opportunities, you know. And, and so I'm I'm comprising that as we speak. So I'm reaching out to everybody, making sure that it looks as good as I hope it's going to look. It, it continues to get Better and better all the time, so I'm really proud of the product I put yeah, in. If you through.
1: wanna if you wanna advertise, email Matt Fish at Mattfish at Reboundmagazine.com. Uh you can follow him at Rebound Talk on Twitter, follow him and stalk him that way. You can send him a message that way. Uh, like the legends of um, the NBA legends page on Facebook, the NBRPA page on Facebook, um, the Rebound magazine page on Facebook. Those that's the triumvirate if you want to do it that way. So it's, again, I said this last week, it's your fault if you don't reach out because this is a great publication and um, it goes to the right cause of kind of giving a better life to players that don't necessarily have the means to do so themselves well, at this point.
2: And beyond that, it you know reminds people of who these great players Absolutely. were. Everyone forgets about them over the years, and so it's there to tell about the history of the NBA, about you know, who made this game and why it is what it is today. Just most recently, we had some uh, 2016 National Collegiate Hall of Fame folks honored, and they were put in the Hall of Fame. Mark Aguirre. Uh, he played for DePaul University, where he was a two time consensus first team All American and the 1980 Joe uh, James Naismith Award winner. Doug Collins also was named. Dougie. Yep, and he was named All American, All Academic, uh, All American, so uh, in his seasons at Illinois State University. He uh, remains the school record holder for career points. A little still.
1: unknown fact is that Doug Collins went number one overall.
2: In the NBA draft, yeah. I yeah, and you know, I only know him as my coach because when I uh, went out, he was pl- he was coaching for the Denver or the actually the Detroit Pistons, and you know what? I coughed so hard I broke a rib, and this was during Veterans Camp, and so I go in there with a broken rib, and they sent me home, oh. and I come back a month later, and they were looking to trade off a player, and I won't name names, but the person didn't uh, have the opportunity to leave to go somewhere else, so that inked me to stay to not be able to be. On them as long as I'd hoped. I was only there briefly because they ended up keeping what the, another person that they owed money What year to. was it? Hmm. Uh, it was in the nine, mid-90s, high 95. Okay. All right. I just want to – I just. I mean, that's a – Do you want the name? I, I mean, I want a
1: hint. I don't want just a the...
2: – Eric Lechner. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't have got that. Yeah, you would have never got that. You're right. But, uh, <laughs> you know, they were looking – he wasn't as maybe mobile, and they were looking – someone else was looking for somebody who was uh, less mobile. So I thought it would work out. And it didn't. Uh, that being said, I like Doug Collins. I think he's a great guy. And let me go on to the others that also got uh, honored. Uh, Lionel Simmons. Remember that name? Of course. Right. The only player in NCAA history to score more than 3,000 points and a record 1,100 rebounds. He was uh, named Naismith Wooden, AP and NABC College Player of the Year during his time at LaSalle University. Yeah. Jamal Wilkes was another yeah. one that was honored. And he was a record setting, he had a record setting UCLA eighty-eight game win streak and led the team to three Final Four appearances and two national titles. And Dominic Wilkins was also honored. He, of course, played for the University of Georgia, where he was named SEC Player of the Year and was the second and third All-American team during his seasons there. And a fellow who passed away, Bob Boozer, he played for Kansas State University. He led the Wildcats to the Final Four in 1958 and averaged the second-most points per game in the school's history. So those are some fellows that were just recently honored and inducted into the 2016 National Collegiate Hall of Fame.
1: Um, I'm going to ask you one trivia question, then we're going to get to Kareem Rush, who's on the line with us. (laughs) I'm ready. Who broke I, this? Is, should be an easy one. Who broke the UCLA eighty-eight game, um, streak, winning streak, and who was Ooh. the coach?
2: Who beat them? Hmm. Trying to think, who was good back then.
1: I'm gonna ask Kareem Rush too. Yeah, you, you, you have thirty. You have Kareem's ten seconds before.
2: Oh, you have ten seconds. Oh, I'm feeling the pressure now. Uh, I had to have been Duke. Uh, Kareem Rush, welcome to <laughs> the uh,
1: welcome to the program on Rebound Radio. I'm Alex Clancy, Matt Fish in studio. How are you doing today, man?
3: I'm doing well. How you guys doing
1: good? Can you answer the question?
3: So my guess is Digger Phelps and Notre Dame. Yep, ah. that's correct. I don't. Come oh, on, Fish. You're right. So we I got two out of that. three.
1: That's fine. So, anyways, <laughs> I, I appreciate you answering correctly and making Matt. Anyways, um, th- <laughs> thank you, thank you very much for joining us on Rebound Radio. Uh, Matt and I have talked in our pre, uh, pre show meeting about it. We were, you know, looking up stuff, and I'm being a Laker fan. You know, I, I watch you when you played there. So let's start
2: right now. Do you want to start with high school, or do you want to start before that, Matt? You know what? Since he has brothers who played and an older brother who played, I'd like to learn a little bit about what it was like growing up with Good. those guys. How was growing it, man? Enough? Yeah, with those yay having an older and a younger, doing your thing, all playing hoops. Uh, I'm sure they mentored you. I'm sure you mentored them. I'm sure you guys beat each other up. How was it?
3: I mean, I'm the middle, so right. I got a chance to be beaten up on and actually <laughs> do some of the beating. Uh, ah, my nice. younger brother's five years younger than I am, so... I mean, growing up, uh, it was basically, you know, I wanted to be like my older brother. My, uh, Jerron was 18 months older than I was, and he's the one that kind of got me started in the basketball. I just remember going to the Boys and Girls Club and just kind of wanted to be like him. Uh, but then, you know, fast forward to, you know, his eighth grade year, Jerron is, you know, a phenom. You know, I think from, you know, eighth grade to 11th grade, he was the number one player in the country. You know, so kind of being under that shadow and you know, it kind of forced me to kind of really work on my game if I was ever going to, you know, kind of escape being Jeron Russell's little brother, you know, all my life. So it forced me to kind of work hard on my game. Uh, but I'm sure it went the same for Brandon, uh, you know, having two brothers. You know, like I said, we pretty much rewrit all of the high school records in Kansas City, and and are well-known. It's kind of like the first game in basketball. So, you know, having to follow us, I'm sure it was a lot of pressure. You know, he went through, a, you know, ups and downs in, in high school. You know, having you know having me as a brother, so I was able to to take care of him, have money when he was in high school, so he didn't have to worry about a lot of things. And as a young kid, you know, you can probably get you know a little lost, um, you know. So he went sure. end up going to Mount Zion, getting away from Kansas City, you know, got his head on straight, went to Kansas, won a national championship, end up being you know a lottery pick and and, and doing better than all of us and Still, still playing to this day. So you know, well, up, it was it was a lot of fun.
2: That had a lot to do with you too. You got you got to take a little credit for that. Uh, my older brother oh, played football. And uh, he he used to call three seconds when we're playing one on one. So he was no help. <laughs> he, he was he was calling charges and we're playing one on one. And I'm like, dude, you were no help whatsoever. But at the same time, we you did should have play a, for the Clippers. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Yeah right. We had this big old hill too. That was one thing that helped me because if you didn't get the ball, it'd roll all the way to the bottom of the hill. So that's how I became a rebounder. But you can't take anything away from you being able to uh, always have a competitor next to you and an older brother to look up to, like he obviously did. And really, you know, a lot of his success has to come from his older brothers, and uh, you got to take some of that on. Yeah, you bet.
3: Absolutely. I mean, you, you know, I learned from my brother's mistakes, and you know, he went through trials and tribulations, you know, going through you know, NCAA sanctions and all the stuff that we went through, you know, in our high school career. And like I said, just, you just learn from your brother's mistakes and not try to create the same things and, you know, actually pass on the things so you can, you can keep them on a straight path. So, you know, very proud of my brother, proud of, you know, both of them. Deron was amazing in what he did. I'm happy where he is. And uh, the same for Brandon.
2: Well, and then he went to you, and then you went to him, and you just kept passing the torch. And it's no surprise that the youngest there is is maybe having the most uh, lucrative and successful career, if you will. But at the same time, you guys did some of the hard work and took your lunch, you know, boxes to work, and he he just Absolutely. was watching you guys. So
3: and it still goes on. Jerron's son, so it comes full circle. Jerron, older brother's son is now freshman at UNC, so now he's you know going down that path and nice. hopefully you know you know reach his goals. So. It's, you know, it's continuing. So, I was happy to be the, uh, the forefront, I mean, the forerunners, uh, but, you know, with this family basketball. So, no, it, it was great.
1: When did you know you were a lefty?
3: <laughs> uh, early. Uh, I was an artist growing up, so I was a lefty, you know, you know from the start. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a lefty, too, so... Mm. I would take pride in being the lefties of the family.
1: I was just curious, I play, I only shoot baskets left-handed. I, I do everything else right-handed, and my dad thought there was something wrong with me, so he let me ended up being just a lefty instead of moving me over. So I was curious if, uh, if you do everything left or if it was just basketball.
3: No, I'm actually backwards. I kick with my right foot, and I, I bat and swing with my uh, righty. Oh. So I only shoot, oh. I only shoot in right, lefty.
2: Sheesh, and I'm a lefty, but music was what I did, so I appreciate the arts at the same time. I'm dominant left-handed, and I, I can't use my right hand for
3: anything. Well, hardly. I mean, I dunk, I dunk better with my right hand. Yeah, like it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of uh. weird. Huh. It's kind
1: of like the shot blocking thing, like when Eldon Campbell would only block with his left hand, <laughs> when the good shot <laughs> blockers only block with their left. That's good. Okay, so let's get into – so growing up, you guys all played ball, which is great. Uh, your brother, older brother, took the, uh, took the reins of the success right away. Uh, when you were getting into high school, have, have you always been taller than everybody else, or did you spurt sophomore, junior year, and then your, your uh, position changed? Uh, run us through that.
3: No, we were no, we were big. Uh, by the time I was in seventh grade, I was already six four. Oh wow! And a half. Okay. I've only grown. I've only grown like a half inch uh, to an inch you know, since then. So we were dunking in seventh grade. So we were, yeah, we were big. <laughs> uh, my brother was like in eighth grade. He was probably six six, probably two twenty five. Uh, he's a football player, first team all state football player. Drown was like a phenom in all sports. So yeah, yeah, growing up in there, you know, practicing against him, Corey McGetty, yeah. you know, Corey Young, those guys really kind of you know got me ready.
1: Did you have Osgood slaughters when you were younger?
3: You said again. Did you have
1: the the Ojibwe slaughters
2: with uh,
3: uh, rapid growth yeah, I early? I, yeah, terribly. Yeah, I had that terribly. Like uh, from sixth grade, seventh grade, yeah.
2: Yeah, and and it's funny because I went off to college at six eight and ended up being six eleven. So I grew three inches in college. So it's interesting to see somebody who hasn't That's grown nice. a, a half inch in seventh grade and then and then kind of go opposite. For me, I kept growing. I couldn't
3: dunk in seventh grade you kidding me but that's um, a oh man like jerron broke his first backboard in seventh grade yeah, wow. <laughs> like he, he was a monster <laughs> wow and you know that yeah. you're gonna make like a name for of yourself school, I mean, for sure some of the high school tapes that i had on drive jerron, jerron wasn't around during youtube days people would i mean he would have billions of views i mean I, i've seen this to, to this day i haven't seen him i've seen him do stuff in high school that i haven't seen you know i, I mean nba players be able to do wow. like it, was, it was it was unbelievable
2: yeah, times have changed a little bit when you don't have the video like we used to. It's all these kind of stories, and now you can throw it up in two seconds and everyone can see it.
3: Yeah, yeah, you get recruited and get, you know, you know, you know totally different. and all that stuff. So, no, it's great. It's great. But,
1: so, um, we uh, got, go ahead. Go ahead. No, please. No, no, no. Go ahead. Uh, well, we got to take a break.
3: Uh, actually, yeah, uh, based, based on the story, you know, kind of highlighting what I'm talking about as far as, you know, our high school career, I actually produced a documentary, you know, in the lines of, of, of ESPN 30 for 30. Uh, we actually won a DirecTV competition last year. And, um, you know, we produced the Full and Doc. Uh, it debuted actually April 9th on DirecTV. So it's there if anybody wants to check out. It, it's called Rush Brothers on the Audience Network on DirecTV. And just, you know, kind of story of that, you know, our whole high school career. You know, we went through a, a crazy time with the NCAA where my brother got suspended for, you know, basically his sophomore year uh, due to, like, you know, high school stuff where we were kind of really the first, you know, ring, uh, one of those first, you know, sponsored AAU teams. You know, sponsored by a big shoe company. We we're sponsored by Nike. So, it all came back to Honors. You know, we had, got suspended for, you know, taking illegal benefits in high school. I got suspended for nine games. Corbin Getty got suspended. So, it, it was a big deal. But, um, you know, it kind of, you know, tackled that story. But also, you know, actually, obviously, the pro career and kind of where we are now. And so, like I said, that's up on DirecTV. If anybody want to check that out.
1: That, Absolutely. Cool. And I'll plug that for the rest of the show. Absolutely. Matt's checking it out right now. Yeah. Uh, audience channel. Uh, audience channel. Luckily, I have DirecTV. So, mm-hmm. that should be... Um, that should be easy. And I have this up right here. So we'll continue to talk about that. We do have to take a break. On the other side, we'll continue some more with Kareem Rush, talk about his college days, uh, pro career, and uh, what's going on right now. Alex Clancy, Matt Fish in the studio, Kareem Rush on the line. We'll be right back. <music>
2: We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go. On iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android
0: Market. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lassiter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. You're listening to Rebound Radio with Matt Fish. Call into the show today at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. You can also drop an email to Matt Fish at reboundmagazine.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back. Alex Clancy, Matt Fish studio. Former NBA player, Kareem Rush on the line. Doing a lot more stuff now. We talked before um, before the break. He brought up about a documentary that he did with DirecTV. Won a DirecTV competition. What was the name again of it, um, Kareem?
3: Uh, Rush Brothers.
1: Rush Brothers. I mean, I like it. And I'm, I'm going to go home and watch it. Like Not just because we're talking and people are listening. Like I'm curious. I was actually trying to figure out if I wanted to rent a movie or not tonight. And this is way more interesting than what I was going to do. Um, so... Absolutely. So we got through high school. Um, we're going to get to the college stuff. We talked about a little stuff off air that I want to bring to everybody's attention. When you were getting, you know, sophomore, junior year, maybe even freshman, who was looking at you and why did you choose Missouri?
3: Uh, sophomore, junior, I mean, I was set on going where my brother was going. I mean, uh, he's either going to go to KU or UCLA. So that's, uh, I was looking at both those schools, also Duke. In Connecticut, I believe. Um, but you know, wherever Jerron went, you know, I was probably going to go because we was always wanting to beat O'Bannon Brothers 2.0. That was kind of our dream. Yeah. But, You know, what changed my mind was that senior year. Once Jerron was gone, and I got a chance, to really kind of stand on my own. And you know, we ended up winning state. And you know, I got player of the year. You know, Gatorade, Missouri, all that type of stuff. So, you know, let me know that I can kind of do it on my own. You know. So, you know, when it came to choosing college, I was like, okay, I'm just going to do something different. You know, uh, Quinn Snyder came in there was a young coach, mm-hmm. really kind of made me a priority i uh, ended up being his first recruit, and, um, you know, the rest is history. You know, I always wanted to stay home because my brother dealt with a lot of, you know, uh, you know, homesickness You in know, UCLA, so I didn't want to deal with that. I was even more of a mama's boy, so I wasn't trying to go too far at all. So going down to home school was the perfect deal for me. You know, like I say, he made me a priority and, and let me uh, he let me shine, so it was a great choice.
2: And you, you mentioned uh, Duke was in the running, and then you said Quinn Schneider, he played at Duke, so there's a little tie-in there.
3: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is yeah. a great guy. I sure. have to see where he is. You know, extremely smart guy. We actually said the same birthday. So it was <laughs> oh, great right. that we ended up, you know, kind of being together.
2: Well, that's great. I, I, I know that uh, do, going off and doing your own thing makes sense to me, too, especially when you had the chance to do it for one year in high school and then you were so successful. So then it just has to bode, you know, like, I, I got to go out and just see what's, what's going down. And you went off and did what you did at the next, you know, at the college level and uh, was very successful there. Um, did you want to circle back and, and talk about what we did off-air? I'd like to before we go no, on it's not, to the we're, we're
1: not. We're still in the college realm, so it's, it, this is okay. pertinent for right now. Okay, okay so uh, Kareem's got some things he wants to talk about, and, I, and I'm going to ask a pertinent question um, to see where this is going to take us. So polarizing topic, um, it really started, I would say, around the time of Ed O'Bannon with a different um, goal in mind. To get, the, to get college players paid, but through a different avenue that, that's now exacerbated itself into the full entity of the NCAA, which is what we're going to talk about now. Ed O'Bannon uh, sued EA Sports on behalf of um, the players saying that, hey, if you're going to like, put our jerseys on and you're going to use the 95 UCLA basketball team on NCAA basketball on, um, on EA Sports, our names are on the back. We're not college athletes anymore where's our where's the likeness where, where are the royalties and now it's it's now it's gotten bigger' to college athletes getting paid when you know you ha- you get a scholarship and you can't work and you don't really get a pretty big enough to be able to you know eat two meals a day, let alone three um kareem uh it's your turn go ahead
3: yeah, I mean like the, uh, well my stand in the NCAA, I think it's the biggest crooked system you know, going, this, this happening in plain sight, you know, it, it, I'm speaking from, you know, you know, because I, I, it basically ruined my brother's career, you know, drums has mm-hmm. been some things he did in high school, and, you know, it was, it, he, it was forced him as sophomore year to, you know, to decide, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and try and test the market, but even even so, that doesn't matter, when kids are in school, I mean, we pretty much work in, you know, 40 to 60 hour weeks, you know, so any fair market value, like, you know, you know what, what is that? equate to you right. know so a $400 scholarship check with a, the, not the ability to work to do anything to, to raise money for yourself it's just ridiculous because you walk around campus and you see everybody wearing your jersey so right. you're like yo why is this <laughs> how is this possibly happen? any other business right. and, you know right. situation in the world that wouldn't happen you know so not to say these kids got to be making millions of dollars because you know sports are you know different revenues in, in different sports but you know, that should be an hour, uh, hour salary. If you want to, you, you want to do it that way, based on you know putting four hour even forty hour work weeks. These guys these kids are putting in a lot to work. To you know, student athletes is it, not an easy deal. Um, so, the, with the NCAA making billion dollars as a you know a nonprofit, you know, it just it's actually laughable. So, you know, my goal is eventually, you know, when I'm able to, is, is actually do a, you know, full expose. You know, kind of exposing them because it needs to happen. You know, it, 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 it's such a huge daunting task. I understand that. But I think it needs to. I mean, somebody needs to put pressure on CA mm-hmm. to work something out for these kids. All you know, right. whether that be you know letting these kids you know do a revenue show on their likeness because right. some of these kids never become you know stars in the NBA, but can actually maximize their earning potential only in college. You know, take for one you know Johnny Manziel, he would have been he would made millions of dollars on you know at a And M, but not, now he's out the league. Huh.
1: So okay, I, I I hear you, and I and I don't necessarily disagree. Uh, the first um Order of bi- well. My first order of business because we're here right now is uh, how do you pay the right guard of so let's say Texas A and M? Let's take the Johnny Manziel example. How do you pay the right mm-hmm. guard of Texas A and M that that watched Johnny Manziel's Keister all year and made him gave him the avail- the ability to I don't know make his job easier when nobody knows his name, his jersey's not getting sold, and say Johnny Manziel makes all this money off the likeness, but it's predicated upon so many different people. How do you make it fair? Because all these kids are, you know, I mean, they're all 21 and under. So how do you make it fair for everybody?
3: I mean, everybody's getting something. And I understand that portion. But, I mean, they're all stars. So, I mean, you got to understand, like, as an NBA player, I mean, if I was on Kobe's team, I wouldn't be like, I, I know I'm part of the game, too, a so five on five. But I know I'm not going to make as much as Kobe. I know I'm not going to have the same endorsements. But at least I I'm getting compensated for what I put in. I'm making something. You know, I'm not making 400 bucks. But, you know, I'm making something that, you know, lets me know that, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a student athlete, I'm putting in the work, but like I said, it's not going to be the same. You know, you're going to have stars, you're going to have people, people who are not stars, it's just kind of the way it is. And then, I mean, I know there are hurdles, but, you know, something has to be better than what it is, the current system.
2: And, no, and, not in and in my experience was at UNC Wilmington, so it was a mid-major D1. It wasn't quite as high-powered as yours, so we pretty much just got our degree. But at the same time, there were some that got Pell Grants who were running around with, with money in their pockets. And I came from a family that, you know, uh, I guess made enough money where I didn't, you know, warrant to get Pell Grants. And so to me, I was walking around poor as could be, you know. And, and I, I guess I had a place to lay my head, and there was three squares a day. But at the same time, I, you know, I have to say... I would have liked to have seen a few bucks my way, and how you figure out what goes to who. Like you said, some of the stars, maybe a little more goes there. I don't know if it's an equal shake for everyone else. I don't know, but I do think something needs to change. And I like the way you're going with it, and I'd love to be a part of that. I mean, exposure. think about
3: the NBA. I mean, you yeah. got playoff bonuses, so they pull all that money into you know one pot, right. and then they get share at the end. So, right. okay, say the football team. Well, we. I mean, I'm sure. Jim and Zell wouldn't have been upset if they pulled all the all the jersey sales. He wouldn't even know that exact number. But I'm sure that number is a lot. So if they pulled all that, I mean, all those players would, would have benefited from it. So it can also be, you know, equal share for every member of the team. It doesn't have to be set up that way.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, we're, we're talking to Kareem Rush. Uh, pretty poignant topic. Alex Clancy, Matt Fish in studio. Um 346 So. Okay, so that happened in college. Did you understand the magnitude of what was going on when it was happening? Like that there was a bigger picture? Because, I mean... No idea. Okay.
3: No idea at 17. I'm like, okay, this is... I mean, it, it really sunk in when, you know, uh, my coach came and said, Kareem, you should spend it for nine games. Mm. I was like, wow. You know, at 17 or 18, I knowing, not thinking you did anything wrong when you, you handed money because you were, you know, an inner-city kid, didn't have any money. Your coach just wanted to make sure you had some money on the weekend to so now being suspended, saying they that your coach was paying you to play. You're like, yo, what? That, that didn't happen. But you kind of forced to say certain things because, I mean, that's how that, that system was in the 17. You kind of, you know, you just want to make sure that you don't get in trouble. Mm. You know, so it was, yeah, it, it was definitely tough. It's challenging. You,
2: and you looking t- back, you, it was you, crazy. You tend to wonder, too, if, if if some of these people aren't set up. Like, hey, man, why don't you go pay him so we can get him off your team? You know, there's so many different ways you can look at it. You know, <laughs> <sighs> yeah, so, the whole to me, AAU just,
3: thing is the one of the cruelest thing. I mean, looking mm, back now, like the AAU scene is kind of it's crazy.
2: Well, the AAU scene is
1: is, is blown up bigger than anything. Yeah. I mean that's that's yeah. the AAU is now the foundation for NBA players. So I mean, it, exactly. I'm sure it was a very uh, maybe it wasn't different. Maybe it was just a smaller entity because you said you were the first sponsored AAU team. Is that correct?
3: We were one of the first. Yeah, one, I mean, not the first, but at the height of that stuff with you know with with Nike and Adidas, you know having you know, Christ the King, and like I said, we were Mates. We had, at the time, we had number one, two, three in player, uh, players in the country, Mike Miller, mm-hmm. Kevin Brown. So we had, like, an all-star team when we were coming to Kansas City. We wouldn't, I mean, all these guys wasn't hometown guys. So right. we would fly in guys from around the country, practice for a couple of days, mm-hmm. and then all fly out to play different terms around the country. So it was a super team, you know, of high school kids. You know, so that's basically what it was. And that money came from somewhere, either through the sponsors who – you know, wanted to push these kids to certain universities or, you know, from these big shoe companies and just waiting to kind of pick these kids once they, you know, you know, left the college rings.
1: Did it feel like a job then?
3: No. I mean, then you just played. And you were excited about going out there and playing five games a day, you know, getting cool shoes that nobody got and just being on the circuit, being able to fly and spending all the summers, like, you know, living like an athlete. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like it, it was it was awesome, you know, at 17. So, no. You know, you don't think about it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's 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 interesting cuz now it's everywhere and you know they have they have high school games that are that are uh, that are televised you know oaks oak hill and, you know all these all these different obviously lebron and dwight howard spearheaded that i mean the exposure how far can it go like are they going to start uh, are they going to start videotaping and uh, broadcasting aau games like say lebron oh, was in aau uh, like do you think that it's going to go all the way back to that
3: I mean, now that you got all these streaming services, it doesn't have to be. I mean, and everybody's watching stuff on their phone, so uh, absolutely.
2: Yeah.
3: I mean, Facebook is now streaming, you know, D League games. So it's only a matter of time before somebody picks up on you know these bigger high school games.
2: Yeah, you know, and, and I, I wonder, Jerome the Junkyard Dog. He was he was coaching the Findlay Prep up there in uh, Henderson, Nevada. Uh, for a while. I, I assume that's similar to the same thing you were doing, or is this more of a school that's separate from the AAU? I'm just kind of trying to get myself my head straight. Have you heard of Finley Prep? Oh. No, I haven't heard of it. Yeah, it's a, it's a private no, school I, I that was up outside of Vegas. I and, and I know uh-huh. Finley Prep had cars, and I know they had big sponsors. You know what I mean? But uh, that being said, they're high school guys, but best of the best. And they did what you're talking about travel around, you know, did what they did,
3: and, and, and be and have a great time at it.
2: It sounds like you had... I mean,
3: I'm assuming high school. I mean, high school probably an even bigger business now. Yeah. I mean, with, yeah. like I said, the social media and all that. You know, these these kids got millions of followers, millions of views on their YouTube page, which they can monetize. So, I mean, it's big business, you know, at an early stage now. Like I said, back when we are out there, internet wasn't there. So this is all new age stuff. These kids are, you know, are pretty much celebrities, you know, in high school. So... so I mean, Aca is kind of like a pit stop at this point.
1: So you, um... You, you glossed over the fact that you got suspended for nine games. Um, what happened to Jerron really quickly, your older brother? What happened to you, and then we'll move on. Just, just so we can get uh, an idea, a foundation for those of you that don't know, a foundation for why Kareem is so passionate about what he's talking about with the NCAA.
3: Um, Jerron got suspended for, uh, I think, uh, 16 games his freshman year. Uh, came back midway through his sophomore year um, the being suspended for another 20-some games. Um, you know, played well towards the end, and then the NSA opened up a, a new investigation. This is right before Maya Piggy ended up playing guilty and going to jail for a couple of years, that they wouldn't come back and actually uh, look into Jeron some more for additional infractions. So that's when he decided to test his, his name in the NBA, never got drafted, and all that stuff. Um, so just what it did to my brother, because I know if he didn't go through that, you know, Jerron would have been, you know, a great player um, and, and had a great college career. You know, so it was just you know, it, it, it's, it's tough to, to take, you know, from the So um, that's why I'm passionate about it.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it seems like you're holding on to your uh, – the tough stuff that happened with your brother more than – I mean, it sounds like you're being very selfless here because in essence, it didn't really affect your professional career. It, no. but, but it pretty much was a huge detriment to – it wasn't pretty much. It was a huge detriment to his.
3: Yeah. So um, this is – To see what they did uh, post when Jaron had to go back to school – and and, and UCLA, you know, turned his back on him, wouldn't wouldn't accept him again. So it's the whole, the whole, the whole, yeah, the whole deal is is very sour to me. You know, because, like I said, my brother was a great player. With me, you know, I rebounded. I only got suspended for nine games. So I was back later on my freshman year, uh, but didn't really have, it wasn't really a hiccup. But to get it for, you know, 20-something-plus games in college is is a big deal. It's a huge deal.
1: Did did Brandon get in trouble at all?
3: No. You know, Brandon was was five years younger than I am, so he was – he, he, he saw He was, he was out of that yeah. I mean yeah.
1: and that's not It's not your guy Like What I do agree with The whole Seeing you guys as humans I know that sounds so stupid But Matt and I talk about it all the time We're yeah. very um, Existential about it We're very To the point where it's like You guys aren't Just droids That you're, you, People A lot of people see athletes As money making droids And that's, that's it. it And you see That in college Now more than ever Because You're uh, it's, You're a lot more impressionable Hey Big lights, 20,000 people, University of Kansas, University of Missouri, you know, Big 12 championship, NCAA tournament. People don't think, oh, you're going to school for free. That's it. That's what people see. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I agree with you that something needs to change for sure. I'm not sure the extent of or how long it's going to take, but I, I said I was a little bit more candid, or, you know, l- earlier. I completely agree with you that people should get paid. The, the caveat is when athletes get paid, say they make it to the NFL, NBA, whatever, and they get their first contract, say, you know, Johnny Manziel, he got no money, right? So he got like five or seven mil, whatever it was. And he's already affluent, so it's a bad example. But he went bonkers. He went nuts when he had all that money. So if you have an 18-year-old that has room and board paid for, that has school paid for, and you say you get an extra, you know, say $4,000 a month, could that breed more trouble than what giving them money is worth?
3: I think this is when you start to really the education on what to deal with with money, you know. So yeah. no, I just went like because most kids get to the NBA and have no idea how to balance a checkbook. But I mean, but you don't learn this stuff in college either. So if they got you on a payment schedule, you learn how to balance a checkbook. You learn how to you know deal with savings and offer that as a course, as a prequel before you get a, a huge sum of money. But to have something is better than nothing to give you smart so you can learn. So you can learn an education on how to deal with finances, and that's what the N T A never does. Well, that's, a, all of that's sudden you, absolutely right. You and all of a sudden you're thrown into a you know, million dollars. So you got to hire you, know, you, you hire a financial firm that's probably introduced to you by you know, somebody else who you don't know. Yep. They never educate you. All they do is tell you how much money you need to spend a month. Yep. And, and, and you've got to trust them that they're saving your money. But why not be educated before you get out? Yep. You got a little bit of money to play with. You can learn. Kareem, same we've talked problems.
2: about this issue so many times on this show. You know, it, there's absolutely a need there. And, and even the agent themselves try to keep you away from understanding exactly how money works. You know, and it goes on and on and on. So if they just teach you how to fish, you know, we could all eat. But at the same yeah. time, they don't. They hoard it. And it's wrong. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, Matt and I, we Sharks. Yeah, nope. I mean, and it's... Sharks.
1: And Matt has... I'm not going to get into it, but Matt has gotten taken advantage of when he was coming back from overseas. So nope. he's he's speaking... Um, to uh, let me just speak for you, uh, he was—he's uh, speaking um, from experience, and yeah.
3: so that's well, another. Enough- uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm not perfect either. I've been burned many times. That's yeah. how I know that that this needs to happen. And the most important part is education. A lot of you guys are not educated on what to do with finances. I mean, they don't know what a checkbook, or they don't know what a bank account is when they come out. And I'm sure you got millions of dollars, so you, of course they're gonna go crazy and spend when they never had anything. Yep. Just make a decision. Give somebody, give anybody, a bunch of money. That's what's going to happen.
1: I wish we didn't have to do this. Uh, We got to go to break. Uh, Can you hang for another Uh, segment?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome.
1: Alex Clancy, Matt Fish in studio. Kareem Rush. We're just getting started. We'll be right back.
3: Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get
2: the
0: lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America
3: TRN. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? (laughs)
0: Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take
2: Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android
0: Market. You're listening to Rebound Radio with Matt Fish. Call into the show today at 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. You can also drop an email to Matt Fish at reboundmagazine.com. Now back to the show.
1: Welcome back. Final segment. Uh, this has probably been. Well, he's on. He's he's here still. So we'll say it. this has been the best show that we've had so far. Um, so. We have good. Kareem Rush on. Um, I appreciate your candid nature and obviously the passion that you have is is palpable and it's a good thing because a lot of times people will just bitch and moan and you know say it to their friends and not actually put a step forward and actually try to make a change. And if for those of you that weren't listening last segment, um, we're talking about paying college athletes. And Kareem and his older brother, Jaron, both got suspended. Uh, Jaron for a much more substantial time than Kareem uh, for taking money from a youth coach when they had no money because they weren't getting any money in college from scholarships. They weren't able to work. So now we're talking about what, what's the next step. And financial, and it, it, Kareem said before the break, financial literacy is interesting that, we, that we'll talk about, is what do we do with all this money once we get it? What do we do to not get in trouble? Who do we trust with all the money that we've just obtained? Not everybody's Michael Carter Williams who took, I think, 80% of his salary and put it in a trust for himself for five or seven years down the road. Not everybody's Rob Gronkowski who still hasn't spent one cent of his salary in the NFL. He's living off endorsements alone. That's two guys out of the world of, of athletes that are happening right now. So, Kareem, financial, advising... Who can who who would you trust if you were back in that spot right now, or even right now? Who I would mean, you trust?
3: I mean, that's utilizing former players. I mean, if you have grown watching, and like you said, who've been through it. Um, obviously, you know NBA guys, the MBPA, I mean, retired players. That'd be yep. ideal. Yep. Just you know, like I said, just going to these kids early on and establishing that trust. That you know, like I said, once they're once they get drafted in the NBA, they got so many people coming after them, they don't know what to do. So they they, they, they trust their agent, they trust whoever their handlers are, but. Like I said, if you do, if you hit them in college early and get them knowledge how to make proper investments, uh, where it looks like if you end up you know, five years, what a million dollars looks like. I mean, the education is key. I didn't have it, and I made my mistakes coming out. Mm-hmm. And I know now, you know, at you know now at thirty six, you know, just the knowledge that these mistakes are easily avoidable. And these guys, you would never. It should be no no guy like ESPN thirty for thirty for brokes, Antoine Walker's. These guys losing hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. It, it just shouldn't happen.
2: Yeah, and I agree. And I've been working on a variety of different financial literacy programs too. Uh, I, I have a proposal out to a financial institution about implementing a program through the NBRPA Phoenix chapter. And I'd like to do once it's successful here, bring it to all the other chapters, and we have a nationwide financial literacy program teaching uh, middle schoolish age, or we could you know work on that. But like you said, get them young. You know, teach them uh, how to balance a checkbook. What really money, what's the compound interest? You know, what what does all this mean? You know, because I can guarantee not everyone will make it to the NBA whom we're speaking to, but all of you will work with money. Exactly. So you need to be smart about it. There's no doubt about it. So I, you know, I like it. I like it a lot. I like that you see it, and I like your passion, too. And uh, we're going to make a difference. I got a feeling, as passionate as we are. I'd like to get in a little bit to, uh, uh, you know, your career uh, in the NBA, and I just want to touch on it briefly, and it was a heck of a career, and I hate to do that, but then I want to learn okay. a little bit about what you're up to now. I heard you know, a lot of significant things. You started out getting drafted to Toronto and and, and really quickly traded right to the Lakers. Was that a good thing in your mind?
3: Yeah. I mean, when I got drafted, I was actually kind of upset. Uh, mm. I was like, okay, I've never been to Toronto, so I didn't know what, you know, what Canada was about. Mm. Um, so and on the limo home, I was like, actually kind of upset a little bit. So then I was, my, my agent called me like, yo, you've been traded to the Lakers. This is directly wow. after the three feet. So the whole night changed immediately. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, going in, you know, I was still in the same mindset going in. You know, I was aggressive. I was a scorer. So my mindset didn't change. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and show everybody what I can do. So, um, first couple of days of practice, I just remember vividly, you know, when I first saw Kobe. I mean, I walked in the gym, I thought I was early and then I saw Kobe in the middle, uh, middle half court, like, doing footwork drills with no balls and I was like, what is this guy on? <laughs> <laughs> so, that let me know early on, like, what you know, what it would take to be a great player, but my time in L.A. was great. You know, looking back, you know, have, being the first team you, you, you experience, you don't know, you know, what the, other, the rest of the NBA is, you know, is, is about, so, you know, after, you know, playing for different franchises and looking back, you know, playing for guys like, you know, Phil Jackson and you know, playing with Kobe and Shaq and uh, Gary Payton and Carmelona and guys like that, you know, it's really a special time. You know, my 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 time in the NBA was great. You know, lifelong dream, um, but you know, you know, it ended at 29. You know, unfortunately, with, in, with an injury. Uh, oh. But it, it it was unbelievable.
2: Man, you got you had a great run. I know you got on a lot of different teams. I wanted to also touch on, and I'm not sure if I can pronounce it right, but the lit, Lituvo's Ritus. You were lit- yeah,
3: Lituvo's Ritus. Yeah. Okay.
2: You went over there and did it all
3: in like a year. Yeah. T-
2: tell me a little bit about that.
3: It was awesome. So uh, I, I, I tear my groin in uh, Seattle's training camp, Okay. and uh, I'm out for you know three or four months. So it comes around January, and my agent's like, "Do you want to go overseas and play? Just kind of get some rust off, and you know, this team wants off. Be a great deal." Instead of kind of waiting around and seeing if somebody in the NBA was on call. So I was like, "Absolutely!" So I go over there, not knowing to expect. You know, uh, as soon as I get to the air, I mean, I, I land there, and as soon as I, I walk to the airport, I'm like, "Who's here?" So, because the whole airport was full of cameras and press, I'm like, "Who's here?" Somebody famous got to be here, but they are all there for me. So I'm like, "Okay, wow. well, this is <laughs> like this is awesome." So I mean, my time, my time over Lithuania was was unbelievable. Uh, you know, the fan base there, uh, the European fan base, is so much crazier. Mm-hmm. They, they're so much more passionate. Uh, than NBA fans It's ridiculous, but I mean, it, it can get it can get violent because we just mm-hmm. playing. Uh, our rival, Zagoras, which is owned by uh, uh, Sabonis.
2: Okay. Uh, so, Arvides. Rita's team,
3: Zagoras. Oh, nice. like, yeah. Yeah. So, the, they're the two big rivals in Lithuania. And Lithuania is a completely basketball country. Yeah. So, I play with a lot of those uh, Lithuanian uh, national team members now uh, on the current team. Okay. Uh, I played against them. So, uh, we were beating Zagoras by 20 points on their home court. And it was like three or four minutes left in the game. And they start throwing full bo- beer cans at the court. So, we had a hot. And over in Europe, they got those big shields on the bench so just for times like that because they're known for throwing stuff. So uh, they had to escort all the fans out of there, and we had to be escorted with a police escort in an unmarked van outside, out the city because then the whole entire uh, fan base was outside waiting for us.
1: You sound like Steve like, Bartman was, in, in Wrigley Field. It's, yeah. it's the real yeah, deal. Yeah, He's not nuts, kidding. Man. I've seen that happen.
3: <laughs> but my, Yeah, but it was nuts. Uh, but yeah, got MVP, uh, one of the tournaments uh, led him to... We lost in the finals uh, to uh, Real Madrid, uh, but I ended up going to the Europe uh, the Euro, Euro Cup uh, next to the following year. So it was it, it was a great experience.
1: Two questions. One, what was your favorite food item when you were there? Like was it was it a uh, a transitionary period for you?
3: No, no. I actually I, I found this spaghetti spot, so I uh. ate spaghetti bolognese <laughs> probably every day. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, it was but it, it was a cool town. Uh, you know, very old world, so it had a lot of, uh, you know, great scenery, great churches. Uh, it was cold, uh, but also it was cool because they, they give you a, a team car, so you get to put your your signature on the side of the car. <laughs> you skirt around town and everybody honking at you because they know it's you because your signature on the side of your car. Wow.
1: So, incredible. and then really and cool. then the second question, is Serunus Martialonis like a god there still?
3: Yeah, he's a man. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah, a I mean, him and, and Sabonis are. Yeah. Are pretty large, yeah. and then uh, it was another. It was another guy from uh, who's from Lithuania that I can't. I can't think of his name. I,
1: mean, no. I think Jonas Valanciunas is from Lithuania.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, and I was another just curious because uh,
3: played for the Knicks too, uh, Kaminkas yep. Yep.
1: Okay, yeah,
3: yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Cool. I, I, and then uh, you know, uh, Lenis
2: Okay, yeah, Linus from Mizzou. Yeah, there's another one. Uh, when I was over in China, we were allowed a couple foreigners, and our point guard was from Lithuania. His name was Darius Sirtautis, and he was uh, our coach was from Lithuania as well. So, uh, Lithuanian, although it's a small country, you said it best. They're just all about basketball.
3: Oh, uh, they're basketball per capita. NBA, it's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> they got they got some good players there, and that's all. I mean, that's all they do. Uh, so, nah, but, but like I said, a great time over in Lithuania. Now, I will go back for sure.
2: <laughs> you better you got to go back.
1: Spaghetti, bolognese, in Lithuania. <laughs> that's the best. That's what I'm taking yeah, away from this interview. That's <laughs> and fantastic.
3: And, get some, and beef.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: That's great. Okay, so now we have about, I think, about eight minutes left. Okay. Tell us what you're doing now. Like, what your day-to-day life is now.
3: Oh, uh, Now, I am a, a serial entrepreneur, uh, musician. Uh, I, every day, I'm, I'm, I'm either crafting up something new or, um, or in the studio working on music. Uh, I'm actually launching the first one-on-one tournament for current NBA uh, and former NBA players. I'm calling the king of the court. So I designed a specialized LED court, uh, added some cool hotspots, a four-point shot. I got a number of uh, former guys like Ricky Davis, mm-hmm. uh, Corey McGetty, Mike Bibby, uh, Steven Jackson, who sure. all are playing in this new league called the Champions League with me. I'll explain that later. But I'm launching that here uh, this summer, hopefully doing a China tour, You know, show proof of concept, and then do something with the NBA. I have spoke with a few current NBA guys, and they like the idea. Uh, but I just kind of want to see what it looks like and then, uh, you know, plan for something, NBA All Star weekend, if NBA, you know, agrees to it. Uh, it's killer. Kind of a, a new and fun way to experience basketball. Everybody wants to know who's the best one on one guy. You know, everything else is you know, based on the team aspect. But, you know, who will win if Steph actually played one on one against Kyrie? Or, you know, what would LeBron do? Kyrie? Mean, you know, against KD. Yeah,
1: <laughs>
3: That's killer. So, uh, that, yeah, that's Kyrie, a genius yeah. idea. I think, I think Kyrie would win the whole deal. Oh yeah, uh, and then uh, I was gonna have two. I mean, two divisions. One, you know, you gotta do six nine above, right? Um, and then the guard. But yeah, I mean, it's a lot, a lot of opportunity there. You know, I got some great people. You know, uh, on board with me. You know, the guy Bobby Patel, who's actually uh, worked in the NBA for quite a while. He's he head of digital licensing, so he did the first NBA China deal, Taiwan deal. Um, so he's good there. Um, uh, got some great technology guys. Shot Tracker, which is, uh, yeah. you know, in-game, de- uh, de- uh, analytics, you yeah. know, company. They track, you know, with, with a sensor in the ball, you yeah. put a sensor in your shoe and in the rim, you can track all the movements in real time, you know, yeah. every player, you know, every shot they take throughout the game. So they actually got, uh, they work with Clay Thompson. Um, uh, so some great partners, you know, and I'm looking forward to kind of launching that. Uh, I think, you yeah. know, a lot of guys are going to love to play and it's going to be exciting for the fans because, like I said, everybody wants to know, you know, who, who will win these games.
1: Go. Like yeah, yeah, I mean, keep true, talking. Yeah. I mean, that's. I love it. It's, it's, I mean, especially in the day and age where the NBA is getting a little stale after, uh, after the, I mean, after the All Star break, it's, I mean, it's a push, I guess, but there's really only four teams to go in the championship, anyways. So to get the All Star game to actually have a little bit of pulse more than just hoping that, you know, I, whatever, uh, uh, what, what the hell is your name? The, uh, Becky Harmon makes a half court shot for the Spurs team. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you, know, you know, it's like. Yeah,
3: forget that. No. <laughs> yeah. The top I mean, eight guys, one on one. Yeah. You know, it, it, it can be younger guys. They, we can start with the rookies and sophomores to have it be a Saturday night thing, but a one on one are actually just relying on the fans to vote. Yeah. You know, they have the fans vote who they want to see. And like I said, I think of guys that play. And then it kind of you know, leads into doing kind of a summer tour where, you know, because like I said, the NBA's made $24 billion off these guys' backs. Mm. But, the, I mean, the summertime is kind of idle, so why not get these guys an yeah. opportunity to? You make some more money in a whole other format because the betting aspect to this, you know, you know, I mean, people who bet on, on on these games, on these one-on-one games. Yeah, that's and insane. And then, like I said, we, we stream it live, and you know, the revenue there, we, we give guys a reverend share deal. Mm. You know, so giving guys an opportunity to really maximize their potential, and, you know, year-round long, you know, because the NBA, you know, it has that idle season, and this would be a perfect summertime deal, one-on-one tournament. Uh, then do who's the best duo in the league, and then yeah. the third one would be what NBA, what city produces the best NBA talent? So it'd be Miami versus Seattle, yeah. or yeah. LA versus Miami, because guys really, you know, really get up for that.
1: I'm hoping that you uh, said Seattle, you slipped because you know something that we don't know about a franchise going back there because it needs to be there. Anyways, um
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> I I I love the idea, um, and if I mean if you get a little charity in, into it, the NBA would love it.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, with with the current guys, I mean, with the former guys, it's going to be a million-dollar purse because just to start. like but it. But for current guys, the million dollars, I mean, it's a lot of money, but it, it'll go towards charity. Uh, So, you know, either partner up with, you know, like a company like Facebook to maybe build kind of a custom, you know, arena on Facebook headquarters so we can have all those charities kind of come through there and tour Facebook. And they'll love that. Uh, and then, you know, stream it on live on Facebook Live and, you know, let guys kind of have, you know, have it.
1: Kareem Rush, thank you so course. much. Thank you so much for joining us. Please check out Rush Brothers uh, on Audience Channel on DirecTV. Story of Jerron Rush, uh, number one high school basketball player, Kareem's older brother, and how Kareem and Brandon are bound by each other's successes and failures on and off the court. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I really appreciate it. Hopefully in the next month or so we can have you back on and we can um, catch up a little bit.
3: Absolutely, man. Thanks nice to have me on, guys. Thanks, Kareem. All right. That's great.
1: Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. And I mean, here's the thing is we've had, we've had plenty of guys on here and everybody's passionate in their own right. Sure. I could see his teeth through the microphone.
2: Well, you know, and I love that. Um, yeah, he's the, he's an entrepreneurial at heart. You can just tell he's yeah, so entrepreneurial. Yeah, and he's got some great ideas. Yeah, he just threw out some wonderful ideas in all a matter of like a minute and a half. I bet he
1: was walking around the whole time on the phone because when I get intense, when I get
2: heated, <laughs> yeah. I walk around.
0: Uh-huh. You know,
1: that wasn't a sitting down, let's relax conversation. <laughs> that was because I mean, that's yeah,
0: that's, that's what you
1: want. This is that's what good. if Ed O'Bannon that's and good. the and the guys are ever the former the guys the former um, players that want to. Uh, upheave and and, and and overcome the big bad NCAA yeah. you need guys like Cream Rush oh, that man. that will stick their neck and be like this is what happened this is why I'm pissed off about it and this is what I want done and this is what I'm gonna do beyond what I want done he's stepping up and doing these yeah. things and so. the one on one thing I mean this is I this is what it. this is what this show is about this that is the quintessential reason why this show is in existence right now because huh? we learned from um, Inner City Kid 6'4 in 7th grade, His bro- he was dunking in 8th grade, he grew a half an inch after he was 13, went to college, brother gets suspended because he took money from a, from a, a youth coach that yeah. he's known forever, right. Kareem just got suspended 9 games, he got the light one, Jaron mm-hmm. didn't play in the NBA more than just a second, Kareem played for 8 or 9 years, yep. and now he's the entrepreneurship of trying to do this one-on-one basketball and, thing with former NBA players.
2: And the youngest one learned from their mistakes and Brandon Rush is still playing he's just still playing he's he's playing fantastically too so
1: yeah man thank you to Kareem Rush thank you to Matt Fish NBRPA Rebound Magazine Alex Clancy Matt Fish in studio we will see you guys next week on Rebound Radio
0: Thanks for tuning in to Rebound Radio. Please join Matt Fish next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll profile another legend of basketball. Have a great week.